Good evening, gentlemen. Welcome back to the Practical Scouter. This is Greg again with uh, Jay and Jeff again. Hey guys. Again or still? Is it? What's the difference? Well, st still would imply that we never left. Ah, exactly. It feels that way sometimes. <laughs> it does. Yeah, I got. It does indeed. I got to leave my static attic here with uh, for a little while. I got some sun. Little, uh, what is it, vitamin, vitamin what, A, D, S? D, what? D. Vitamin D. D. I think it's D. Vitamin yeah. D. Yeah, I got a little D. vitamin D. I had to get a seltzer refill. And by the way, Greg, I did go back and listen, and you did accuse me of being some seltzer hermit in an attic that never left. Um, I, I'm not sure that's an accusation so much as an observation. And you're doubling down, aren't you? You, you are. I am. <laughs> I want to know where I you am. went to get vitamin D because it's been raining here. Pretty, pretty steadily for the last week and a half or two weeks. No, it was really hot and sunny today. So It was. It was yeah. It's, it's funny, by here it rained probably on and off three or four times. And I'm probably, what, 12 miles from you, something like that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. No, it's amazing how um, how close it can be. Yeah. I just like, what did you call that? The static attic? The static attic, yeah. Nice. Yeah, my static attic. Yeah, I'm just trying to riff off of what you were accusing me of because I'm not really in an attic and I'm not very static. You just felt that you hurt my feeling with that, you know. Uh, your feeling. My feeling, yes. The one, yeah. the, the one feeling. The one, Singular. Yes. <laughs> yes. You know? I, I, I apologize for hurting your feeling. That was, that was not my intent. Uh, okay. Well, we'll see. All right. All right. What are we going to talk about? Come on. <laughs> So, I think we're gonna let you. We're gonna let you talk today, so that I don't insult Jeff any further. Okay. <laughs> we we thought we'd talk about something that we that we all missed that we haven't done in a while, which is the University of Scouting. And Jay, you've run that for an, I was going to say a number of years, but I, I can't remember the last time you didn't run it. But of course, we haven't had one in a couple right. due to that pes the pesky germs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you've yeah. been you've been running that since I've been involved for. I guess it's what the last eight or nine years. It, it, you know, it's funny. Um, my role for the last, I'd have to check, four years has been uh, whatever you call it, chancellor or czar or something, whatever the term is. Uh, but before that, I was just doing the administration. But because administration registration is so front and center that you may think I was running it, <laughs> but I don't think I was. <laughs> well, you you were always yeah. the face of. The yeah. face and voice, mm -hmm. um, right? So whatever, whatever that role is, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It's and it, it's interesting because the last one we scheduled to hold was um, what year are we? Twenty twenty. So twenty twenty, we had scheduled for March fifteenth, and I remember the council president called me or sent me an email about a week and a half before that that said, you think we should worry about the university scouting? Uh, because I think it was March 8th where the first case of COVID was reported in Connecticut. And I'm saying, why, you know, why should we be concerned about that? But I do remember uh, calling up the head of logistics, uh, Lawrence, and I said, why don't you see if you can get some extra containers of hand sanitizer just in case, and maybe some extra paper products for our buffet lunch, uh, which he managed to uh, to score before they went uh, short. And then it very quickly went uh, downhill, as it were. Uh, I, I convened a committee meeting to say, should we cancel 
University of Scouting, and we went back and forth and back and forth, and then the decision came real easy to say, you know, why do we want to put 250 people in a school together if people are concerned about some, you know, early stages of the virus? And I then turned to the committee that I pulled together and said, you know, there's all these other activities going on that people are going to ask about, including camping and... Uh, I think there might have been a Klondike Derby still coming up or some other training programs. So the Council University Scouting Committee ended up becoming the, the Council Risk Management Committee. Uh, and that's been going on now for, what month are we in? July, right? <laughs> so, yeah, Ju so July of the following year. Yeah. yeah so what, so year, what yeah. is... I mean, I know what university scouting is, at least around here. Is that a local thing or is that a BSA thing? Does everybody do it? Uh, it's for, uh, for maybe for the for the cub leaders that don't really maybe know about it. Tell us, can you tell us, I don't know, sure. by definition what it is? Yeah, so university scouting is one fairly common across many councils. Uh, around here, oh, there's probably, if you can swing a cat, you probably end up with most neighboring councils running a University of Scouting um, once a year. It's a, um, it's a program of usually one day of uh, training classes uh, that typically you know, run 45 minutes to an hour per class, and you typically would run six, seven, or eight periods during a day, and you run it as a, as a school or university where people will sign up and uh, take classes and things that either interest them or you know, some basic uh, training classes. So, uh, for instance, we've had classes in the past on um, how to do Dutch oven cooking. We've had uh, classes on uh, basic first aid, uh, had classes in uh, Scoutmaster fundamentals, you know, basic training for Scoutmasters or Cubmaster, uh, basic. Uh, we've run a blue class in the past, although you can't do that anymore because it requires an overnight component. Um, but but other required trainings we've we've run as well. I know I took my ASM training there. Correct. Um, of course, that took three of my five or six sessions. So that's a conscious choice as an attendee to to use that time where you could get a taste of a lot of things to use it for for one large thing. That and I think things were just going online at that point um, when I had done it. Okay. So good five, five or six years ago. See, at that time, you had to take ASM training in person. In person, right? The the non IOLS part of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, but the typical classes that you run uh, could be, you know, how to be a better leader. So how to select for for you know unit leaders, how to select your replacement, um, how to uh, get more out of your unit committee. And that's either for the unit leader or for the committee members. Um, and and you would you would pull from folks all over the district to, to to run those trainings. I know I a couple of years I did we blew a scout transition. You know how to for for right. cub leaders how to work with your troops to make that an effective process. And it was great because I would go to a couple of classes and then I'd go teach a class and then I'd go to a couple of classes. Exactly. And so, so the, the challenge is uh, multifold. One is coming up with the classes that would be interesting to people. And in a typical university scouting, we're putting together 125 different courses, I guess, during the day. Um, well, well, I'm sorry. How many? 
125? 125. Yeah, so do the math. We we have had um, different colleges in the university. So we've had a Scouts BSA college, Cub Scout college. We've had venturing college in the past. We've had a commissioner's college, which is actually an official BSA program. And we can cover that in a minute. We've had a, a general college, uh, College of General Studies. Um, I know some university scoutings, we're not one of them, has had a specialty uh, food uh, uh, track where they have a number of different uh, courses in food, either cooking or prepping or seizing of your Dutch oven uh, or you know how to buy uh, cook equipment or menu planning. Um, so with five colleges and then we've got how many periods? We've got three periods in the morning, three in the afternoon. Uh, and then during each period, we would like to offer five or six or seven different choices in each of the colleges. So if I do the math correctly, you, you get well over 100 pretty quickly. Yeah, plus the meals, so, right? Feed everybody. Well, yeah. So then the logistics includes we've got to register people in the morning. We try to give them uh, some type of um, food. It, in the morning, generally uh, uh, Danish or donuts and coffee, and then we've chosen to uh, provide food at lunchtime. I know some colleges provide a space at lunchtime. You bring your own uh, food. Uh, we've decided that we'll include in the price uh, buffet lunch and usually uh, uh, sandwiches, uh, sometimes a hot soup in their dessert uh, drinks. So that's you know that that's been our choice, uh, and we charge for it accordingly. Uh, and I know we've thrown a when needed we've thrown a beating in at the end of the day, um, a beating, not a beating, um, <laughs> right? Which which is always a nice thing when you've got all the scouters in one place. Yeah, the timing is always good. We run our university scouting in March. We run our wood batch course typically in August and September. So you're right around the, if my math is right, uh, six, seven month part when university scouting comes along. So you do have a first wave of um, uh, completion of tickets. So this is a good opportunity for um, a beating ceremony. It's also a great opportunity to recruit for uh, yeah. the next wood batch course. Because yeah. again, we're well, midway through the year. Well, I remember that that's the first time I heard the song. My friend yeah. Bill, my friend Bill uh, got beaded at one of those. Greg, I don't think you, I know you took the course with Bill, but I don't think you guys got beaded at the same time. No, no. I, I was beaded at a, uh, at a district dinner. Yeah, so I think it was Bill was, got beaded no, that day. No, no, Bill was beaded with me at the district okay. dinner. So somebody else, somebody I knew got beaded that day, and they said, hey, stick around. And I, I had no idea what to expect. I hadn't seen it. All of a sudden, all these adults were getting up and singing and being weird. I was like, this is, this is crazy. What on earth is wrong with you people? They're running around and it's just, it's like crazy. And then, uh, I, I went, uh, the following year I, I, I took the course. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, so that was, that was, um, that was my first exposure to the, uh, the, the wood badge, uh, song. Yeah. And after spending the day getting immersed in scouting and, seeing people you hadn't seen in a while and and meeting new people who you hadn't met before to cap it off with that to your point makes you say well wait a minute i want i want to be part of that thing too that oh, looks yeah. fun yeah definitely 
Yeah. So, so what? To, to your earlier question, one of the challenges is while we have 120 classes, that means we need 120 teachers. <laughs> um, and um, some people are generous enough to teach more than one class. Uh, some people just have a single specialty. Um, and so they're going to just teach the, the single class, which is fine too. But we've always made it, uh, you know, an opportunity is, you know, take five classes and teach one class, the price is the same. Um, and, you know, so probably a third of the participants are also instructors. Because at, at typical university scouting, I think in the early days we were getting 250 people in the door. Lately we've been getting 200 in the door. You know, uh, Jay, yeah. Jay, if you need an instructor for a future class on, on seltzer selection and tasting, I might know a guy. All right. <laughs> yeah. Jeff, you're on. I tell you, you apologized earlier, you, Greg. I, I think it was a pre premature apology. I think so. I think <laughs> Apparently. so. Apparently so. All right. Okay. All right, well, you're both, you're both signed up to be instructors. How's that? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I think <laughs> I... I think I was an instructor. I think I did then leader training or something. Or, yeah, I think so. Yeah. 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 And when I instructed the first time, it was a ticket. Because to your point, the timing is sure. great. Yeah, absolutely. No, absolutely. it wasn't. It wasn't a ticket. It was a goal for was your a, ticket. It was a goal of my ticket. Goal, yeah, correct. that's right. Yes. There you go. Goal. Right. Yeah, exactly. You should know yes. better than that, staffer. I, I should. I so should. It's interesting. <laughs> last, last year, rather this year, which is 2021, um, we made the decision, I was a proponent of it, of not having university scouting because the only way we could have done something this March would have been online. Mm -hmm. And I just didn't think it was going to be as effective, even though obviously we've been living on Zoom for, uh, you know, for the last, last 18 months, close to it, uh, pretty effectively. But most, most of us are Zoomed out by the time the Saturday rolls around. So I don't know yep. that we wanted to compound that by having another online program. I, I, I agree with that decision wholeheartedly. I think at this point, you know, if we had been doing them in September when we were first getting kind of into the Zoom swing of things, that would have been something different. But you're right. No one wants one more Zoom. As the three of us look at each other on Zoom while we're taping this. Yeah, exactly. I'm not, <laughs> yeah. I'm not looking at you. I, I, I don't blame you. I'm, I'm averting my eyes. It's it, it's a challenge because we we've been charging in the last couple of years twenty five dollars per person for university scouting. If we had done it online, um, other than the cost of the patch and mailing the patch, I'm not sure we would have had much in the way of expense because we don't have to rent a school, we don't have to buy people lunch, so the price would have been good. And I know there were other councils in our area nationally that ran University of Scouting. And of course, when you're on Zoom, you can go anywhere uh, right. for that. But uh, I don't know that we would have, we would not have been offering anything unique in that respect. So just opted not to, to do it, but planning right now. So we're in uh, mid-July planning right now. I'm starting to look at this next March uh, to see how do we get back in the swing of things. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and plan university scouting. So, uh, and I and I think folks are are itching to get back out there and uh, and again to see each other. That is the other than than large camperies. That is the only district 
district-wide event or one of the few district-wide events that is it's probably the only one that's adults only well, well actually it's council i'm sorry council yeah, that's, right. what I, yeah. that's what i meant right. yeah, yeah council yeah it, you're right it's not that common in fact we have toured with the idea and we've done it occasionally of offering den chief training uh for youth and then there's been mm-hmm. we do have some youth that attend with parents because there's no child care actually we do provide child care but for someone who's 11 years old uh they don't want to be in child care with the uh, the four-year-olds um so they'll sometimes go with mom or dad to a class and there are very few classes that we wouldn't want kids in they're not designed for youth but there's generally no problem with that right uh but we've talked about doing a senior patrol leader academy or um uh, a, a mini NYLT and yeah, we've gone back and forth on that because you don't want to compete with NYLT which had just uh, we run two courses a year so there would have been one in January there is one in January there's another one in uh, August so I don't think we need anything in the middle but but generally you're right it's just an yeah. adult program and they had just had their course in 20. They did that. And I think you mentioned the Klondike before. The, we had our Klondike in January right. that year. Um, and I want to say that we were supposed to spend February at camp in a cabin. And at that point, when you were making the decision about what to do about, about the March University of Scouting, the council camps, I believe at least the council cabins, we were told, we're not using them right now. Yeah, I think our first round of decisions was because a lack of information uh which is better now is we're just closing everything down uh we we took the state that's this is a topic for a different uh podcast certainly we took the stand that we could control units and we said you can't meet technically we don't control any unit they're controlled by the chore organizations but we just opted on the the side of very conservative approach no one objected because we were able to loosen things up as we learn more and as people started using best practices for good health and safety. Uh, but yeah, pretty much, you know, can't go camping, camps were closed uh, for that period of time. And it was a, I'll say a scary time, but interesting time as everyone was kind of navigating their way um, on what was safe, what was not safe. And uh, we're st- still juggling with that too these days. Didn't there used to be, I've heard the term powwow, is is that what is that the predecessor to University Scouting? Yeah. So it's a it's a slightly different program, and our council had done powwows for a number of years, um, and we could continue to offer those. And I'll, I'll define that in a second. I know some councils offer both the University of Scouting and a powwow. So powwow is a Cub Scout leader specific. Uh, uh, all-day training event, where all of the program being offered is focused on Cub Scout leaders. Uh, so it's, you know, how to run great ceremonies and how to run effective PAC meetings and DEN meetings. Um, that had been relatively successful in our council, uh, but the decision the previous training chair made who was a training chair after me, uh, Ray S., said, you know, we should be running a, a, a training event for all leaders, 
not just limited to cub leaders. So we pretty much incorporate powwow into the University of Scouting. Um, but again, if you're looking, if you want to just focus on cub leaders, it'll be a powwow event. Ours focuses on Scouts BSA, cub leaders, venturing, uh, exploring, um, Sea Scouts, pretty much all, all of our programs. Who, um, you don't have to have exact numbers, but what's, what's the rough uh, student distribution across the programs? Uh, good question. My recollection is that it was about 40% um, Cub Scouts and 55% Scouts BSA. Actually, that, that's a misstatement. 40% Cubs, 40% Scout BSA, and the balance are uh, non-specific district and um, council leaders. Because they're, and their registration is kind of in, independent of the programs. Um, and then a smattering of venturing, uh, even small smattering of sea scouting, only because our numbers in our council are fairly low in that respect. Um, we've we've in the past talked about and have had sometimes keynote speakers, which can be a draw. Depends on who we can get. Um, yep, and and we do tr we, you do go well beyond the the basic training. I'll say so. I I just found the emails around last year, uh, the cancellation email, but I I, I found my registration email. <laughs> What did, you, what did you sign up for? <laughs> so, well, for the first four out of six, I was staff because I was I was teaching cub basic training. Okay. Right. For the first, you know, you know, two thirds of the day, but then I was going to take um, a discussion on boards of review, and and for me, so at that point, I would have been in a troop for three years. So you'd think, well, what do I need to know about boards of review? Every troop does it differently. It's great to get perspective on. On, on how they run those things and at the different ages, what kinds of questions are being asked. So I had that. And then, this is funny, the, uh, the last one was how to conduct an annual planning session. Which, okay. It's funny because we were talking about this just a little while ago. Oh, yeah, as a, as a podcast topic. Huh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. well, so, but I never got to take the class, so I'm not sure I can contribute much to that. <laughs> well, I thought you were going to teach the class. <laughs> no, no, that's one I was going to take. Oh, okay. Who was teaching? And... and uh, it does not show the, t the instructor here. Yeah. Uh, but then, which, which um, class was it? Uh, let's see. It was MCS 351, how to conduct the annual planning session. MCS. That's, that the, was uh, a, yeah, that was a commissioner's, commissioner's class. Yeah. Commissioner's, okay. Yep. It's all very official. Masters, you can get doctors and commissioner masters of science. and all kinds of fun oh, stuff. Yeah. Sounds great. Yeah, it was going to, well, it's one of the ADCs was, uh, teaching Adam T is my, according to my list. And, and, and that introduces a, 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 an interesting subject, at least I think it's interesting you guys may too, um, is the, and I said this before, in the commissioner's world, they have an official commissioner's college program with nationally developed and approved uh, curriculum. Um, so they will have, oh, how many lists? They probably have. I should know this by heart, but they probably have 60 or 70 different class offerings for which each class they have class notes, they have a syllabus, they have a PowerPoint presentation. It's, it's been developed by the National Commissioner staff. And 
uh, we offer a commissioner's college and it's accredited because we're using their uh, curriculum um, for it. And it does lead to commissioner's degrees. Mm -hmm. So you can earn a commissioner's degree in, in a commissioner's bachelor's degree, a commissioner's master's degree, you can earn a commissioner's doctorate degree, um, doctorate degree with some additional requirements turns into a square knot, fairly prestigious and a lot of work because uh, it's hard to get it done in, I think it typically takes people four or five years to get it done unless you go to other commissioner colleges besides ours, only because there's only six hours in a day that people can take classes. And I think a typical degree takes seven hours. So uh, do the math, it's over, always over a year. Yeah, I remember one of the years there was some big, I think it was uh, David and Seth, maybe a couple of those getting their doctor of commissioner of science. And that was yeah, a whole, David, definitely. yeah, that was a whole side thing. It's like, what on earth is this? You know, I learned, oh, yeah. I, actually, you know, that uh, I, I learned a lot about the wider world of scouting just by going to the University of Scouting as a, as a cub leader. Hmm. And that's pretty cool. And that's the other reason to go for, you know, for you cub leaders out there listening, um, get out there and participate in some of the wider events like University of Scouting, uh, like Wood Badge, uh, Powderhorn possibly, and see what goes on at the other parts of scouting at the troop level, uh, the venturing crews, or even some of the administrative stuff with the commissioners and, and the council. It's a great way to, it's a great way to see a, lot, a wide range of things in a very short period of time. It is. And, and Jay, correct me if I'm wrong, but do you need to even be a registered leader to attend or can parents attend? Uh, that the, the exception is parents. We've encouraged them. We've invited parents to come and learn about the program. We don't open it up to you know, typical outsiders because uh, we do ask everyone to be, be youth protection trained. There are some youth around. Um, but, yeah, there's no uh, hard and fast requirement uh, if you're within the, the family as it were to be a registered leader. I would, my experience has been, it's been 95% registered leaders in one form or another. Sure, uh, ooh, sure. And you have, I forgot, ooh, ooh, I'm so, I just, sorry, Greg, I didn't mean to talk, actually, I did mean to talk over you, but. Uh, I had so, it coming, it's okay. No, well, oh, you wait, I'm, I'm building a list of things over here on the side. Um, uh, Midway, you have this really cool Midway. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, so, um, so we invite inside council committees and outside vendors to join us for typically at lunchtime, uh, sometimes uh, first thing in the morning, because there's really only two free periods uh, during the day is before festivities start at nine o'clock uh, while you're stuffing your face with uh, Danish and, and donuts. Uh, and then we have an hour and a half, I think, for lunch or so. So there's uh, time to go visit. So Midway may be the local rock climbing club um, or one of the vendors out there that offers uh, climbing in their, in their building. Uh, we would have the um, uh, local aquarium come, uh, uh, companies that offer uh, to rent climbing walls or teach climbing or teach scuba would come and, you know, present their wares uh, within the council. We'll have the religious committees there to 
promote their programs. We'll have most of the uh, training uh, events promoting Powderhorn, promoting Wood Badge, um, promoting most of our major training events if we have major activities coming up. Uh, so every other year we run uh, a con jam. Uh, so we're in Connecticut, so it's a kind of a Connecticut jamboree. Local event, we only get three or 4,000 people there uh, at a time, but it's a big deal, so we will promote that type of event. Um, we have a maritime museum in the area. They'll come and pitch the programs that they would offer to scouting programs, to scouts, and then, uh, you know, our local camps, uh, what's, what's going on this, uh, you know, on weekends or what's coming up in the summer. So it's pretty busy. We will have typically 25, I'll call them vendors, um, with tables, and we usually put it right in the middle of where you have to go from the cafeteria to, to classes, so you have to walk right by them. Yeah, and as I recall, there were um, different fundraising groups there. You know, the beef jerky people, there was first aid yeah. people, and of course the popcorn people. Right. Um, so that, which is I always thought was kind of interesting. Those are all, they're all competing for the same uh, right. dollars there, and they're all together. Exactly. You know, it's, it's just, and there yeah. were there there were there were at least a few groups from uh, pretty far up in Maine that came down to pitch their wares. I oh, don't know well, if that. Yeah, I don't know if they had a local, they must have had a local connection. but Yeah, so uh, Maine High Adventure is a nationally recognized but local council camp that runs a phenomenal program year-round, but certainly you know best known for some of their uh, winter camping. And they almost always come down and make a presentation. In many cases, it's a local representative, but in some cases, their camp directors come down and he makes the trip down from, uh, uh, from Maine. So, Greg, we should put the. I know we're doing our annual planning this week as a troop. Is it this week? Uh, yes. We should. Yes. We should maybe put that Maine High Adventure as an exploratory option. I know there's several people in the we, troop want to do more advanced stuff. Yeah, that could be. And we do have at least one month that is is open right now, where what the boys want to do is not going to happen. So yeah. uh, that would be a nice alternative. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, we'll invite outfitters to come in to you know push on a canoe event or some type of backpacking trip. So uh, yeah, again, you're right, Jeff. Thanks for reminding me that Midway is an important part of of what we do, and uh, you know just to try to get information out to uh, to young leaders. So uh, mm-hmm. yeah, big big event takes a lot of volunteers. I'm fortunate that I've always had a a good group of people to put programs together and push out. I I, I, I joke that I start advertising this in probably early January, but it's usually I'm wasting my time for two and a half months because everybody waits till the last minute to sign up. So every year I threaten to say I'm going to wait till March 1st to advertise it because none of you sign up until March 1st. <laughs> so, uh, well, it's so cost effective. You can't give away an early bird discount or anything i don't think so it's it's <laughs> no. it's, it's not there's no, there is really no incentive and, and there's a there's a negative incentive because about a week ahead of time um sometime a little longer i go through all the class lists and for people that have not signed up for anything rather for classes that have no one signed up i'll start canceling classes mm-hmm. because i don't want a, an instructor to spend time for no one to show up or sometimes one person to show up um, and there's occasional where I don't have an instructor so I've got to start juggling 
So if if you're waiting to the last minute to sign up and you want to take Dutch oven cooking and you're the only person that's going to sign up, by the time you do it, the class has already been canceled. Yeah. Um, that's not a good example because usually you have a good turnout for that. But um, that that's kind of a negative way to please sign up early because I might cancel your class um, otherwise. But it's it's hard, right? If I'm charging, it's been a low end twenty dollars, the upper end thirty dollars. Not a lot. You're right. Putting in a five dollar early bird incentive, not enough to matter. Hey, so for uh, listeners out there, uh, go to University Scouting and sign up early to meet. Keep Jay sane or less. Keep keep, keep my less, keep my ulcers down. Yeah, yeah less <laughs> at least less crazy. Yeah, less. Yeah. less yeah, no more, no more ulcers. Well, Jay, thanks for running University of Scouting all this time. It's I. It's always a great time. Thanks for putting in the effort to make that happen. And I know you've got a great team that yeah. we probably only see the the small fraction of the people that actually help. So thanks for thanks for doing that, man. Yes, thank you, Jay. It's always a great time.